What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience. The podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Elevate Experience podcast. We have a special guest with us today, Miss Andy Petty. Is that correct? That is Welcome correct. to the show, my friend, all the way from Draper, Utah, a fellow uh, Utahan. Utahan? <laughs> Utonian? U- yes. No, is that how we say it? U- <laughs> Ut- I think it's Utah. Utahan. Yeah. Utahan. <laughs> uh, fellow Utahan, <laughs> which I think might be the first for the show where we've had two people from Utah on the same podcast. So that gets me excited. The last time we were talking about Utah was a little bit different. We were talking about uh, the wilderness programs uh, that they run and how sketchy they are. So I think this will be a lot more uplifting and bright with you, Andy. So uh, (laughs) welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation so much. Awesome. Great. Well, I think the first thing we want to do is let's tell our listeners why why are why are you on our podcast? Why why are we connected? And I, of course, I know, but I would like them to know too because <laughs> yeah. you have an amazing story, and we'd love to hear it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I we have a mutual connection. Um. Uh. His name's Bradley Roth, and I heard you on his podcast, Not Most People, and that got me to your Instagram page, and I just started scrolling through and getting to know you. Um, and your posts and followed you. And so that's kind of how this connection happened. Um, but then do you want me to talk a little bit about like uh, my like sobriety story? Yeah, let's hear about your sobriety story? story, which has led you to where okay. you're at today. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> oh, here I, we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're I mean, fine with again, that. <laughs> I'm going to, no, I'm totally fine with that. I'm just trying to be, I want to be succinct because of course we all know everyone's stories can be up and down and all over the place. So yeah, your story's my, very hard to tell. <laughs> Not yours, but the story. Hard. There's so much it there. <laughs> it is. So I'm going to try to just hit the like high, high points, the highlights. Um, so <laughs> I started drinking uh, when I was 13, 13 or 14 years old. And I grew up in a very uh, toxic family dynamic. My mom, uh, and I actually don't speak, but growing up, she was very uh, physically, emotionally, and mentally abusive to my siblings and I. Mm -hmm. And so I always grew up with this deep feeling of unworthiness, of uh, no self-love, no sense of like my own value, because it wasn't demonstrated to me from my parents growing up. And as a teenage girl having no self-esteem, that's not a great combination. It's not at all. And that, yeah, it's, uh, that, that's kind of where my relationship with alcohol began because what happened for me was when I, that first night that I ever drank and I did get drunk, it brought out this other side of me that was like, I didn't care what people thought about me. And I really liked who I was and I felt pretty and like, I, you know, and so it was like, and I wanted more of that because in my day-to-day life, I didn't have that, if that makes sense. And so that's really yeah like the courage and confidence they say (laughs) yeah exactly and uh which it was totally you know inauthentic and i know that now but like at the time i was just that's the me that i want to be yeah um so i uh 
the one thing I will say is fortunately, you know, my mom was really strict. So the, the amount of times I could really drink before leaving high school was very minimal. So that was probably a good thing. But once <laughs> I turned 18 and I was out of there, it was like game on. I lived with mostly people who were older than me, bounced around, you know, apartments and stuff. And just drinking was like, that was the age that we were at. Like everybody was drinking house parties. I worked in the service industry. So I was a, a server and bartender, which is again, you drink after work, you have drinks during work. Like it's a whole thing. And that was kind of like my pattern that I continued to, to go through until about my, my early to mid twenties. And at that point I had some more family trauma come up. My two sisters decided to emancipate themselves from my mom oh, and wow. moved in with me. Yeah. And so I was like 22 taking care of a 16 and a 17 year old. And there was a lot of pressure there. And I was also trying to have a full-time job. I had some side gigs going on and I was just, the only way I knew how to cope was again, go back to what I know, go back to what makes me feel good. And that was drinking. But unfortunately I kind of, it got into like a darker place because the crowd that I was hanging out with, they were more into like drugs than drinking. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, kind of submersed into this new world. And again, wanted to feel special, wanted to feel cool and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And so I started to like have a really bad problem with cocaine. And uh, it basically consumed me from like the time I woke up to the time I would go to sleep if that happens, you know, like as late as that would be. Um, and so that all kind of just, I, I just kind of continued down this destructive path. And let's see, at about, let's see, 24, I got a DUI. Mm -hmm. um, I blew almost three times the legal limit. Mm -hmm. I obviously should not have been driving. Good thing and you got pulled over uh, and without, you know, something really bad happening. Absolutely. And I, as shameful as that can feel to say that, like, I am so grateful that yeah. I didn't get hurt. No one else got hurt. And, uh, but I wish I could say that was the last time I drank and drove and it wasn't. Um, right. That I think was what if uh, I could say was like a, my rock bottom. I, I guess you could say that. Yeah. But what was interesting for me is my life was not an upward trajectory from that rock bottom. I hit rock bottom and then I continued to try to make my relationship with alcohol work for an additional like six years. Um, so you I want it to, to be like a, a, a um, what do they call that? A functioning alcoholic or a, well, I, I just wanted to, I didn't understand like, why couldn't I moderate like right. everyone else could, mm -hmm. right? Like I see that, you know, it's obviously everywhere in our society, every movie, every TV show, just everybody's just drinking. So it's like, at that point in my life, I was like, there is zero chance I will ever be sober forever. It was just wasn't an option to me. It seemed right. so out there. Were you and still doing so cocaine at that point? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you got the classic upper me. and downer combination right there. It's hard to walk away oh, from yeah. that. <laughs> well, it was like, what was interesting is like doing the cocaine was like the alcohol almost had no effect, which made me feel even more invincible to drive or do other stupid right. things because mm -hmm. it was like, I didn't feel drunk, obviously, you know what I mean? Yep. And um, so what was interesting though, was that was my first insight into the recovery space because I did have to do outpatient, like uh, drug and alcohol classes. I had to do like, instead of community service, I had to do, I think it was like 200 hours or something. And I had to go twice a week. And anyways, that, that was my first time of like literally sitting in a room of people. We're all in there for various mistakes and things that we've done that have gotten us to that point. And we're learning all about our problem, like this problem that we have, like more about what alcohol addiction is, you know, drug addiction, the effect that has on the brain and the body. 
And what was interesting to me looking back now is even though I was still drinking and using during this time, it was also at the same time, very interesting to me. And there was a lot of like aha moments I had in my own experience of like, I'll tell you this one moment we were in the class and she started writing down all of these things that addicts that happened to them at some point in their life, Um, like sexual abuse or uh, you know, stealing or all this stuff. Like here, like here's basically a chalkboard of all the things that if you guys don't stop what you're doing, you will have hit every single one of these things on this board. Right. Yeah. And she called on me. I don't know why, but at the time she was just like, what are your thoughts? Cause you're being really quiet. And I said, at 23 years old, all these things have already happened to me you yeah. know what I mean? because of my, my addiction. So that was a big, like huge, just wake up moment for me of like, I can't continue down this path. I need to figure something out. So yeah, because if you've already if you've already hit all those points, there's not going to be better points. It's only going to get worse. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is like I that's why this this popular belief of like you have to hit rock bottom for things to get better. It's like I don't know because I did and like I I still needed other crap to happen before I finally said like enough is enough. And so I guess what I would say is like probably the next five to six years was my time to moderate. Like I'm gonna, I quit, you know, I quit doing drugs. Um, I, you know, decided to like, I'm going to be an adult about drinking. I'm going to just drink wine and like drink it at home. I'm not going to go out. Like again, all these silly rules that was just trying to control the issue until I turned 30. Um, and I, uh, I had already kind of been feeling this nudge again from the universe to like really take a look at this. And it was so scary to me because uh, I'm the only one in my family who's sober. I'm really the only one in my friend circle, especially at that time that was even thinking about sobriety. So it felt very lonely, very isolating, very scary. Like I just didn't have any kind of example of like, this is how you successfully do this, right? Right, right, right. Um, I would even like, I would Google like sober celebrities because to me, that was like, that was my inspiration of like, well, look, they can do it. You know, like they live this Mm -hmm. lavish lifestyle and they don't drink. So I was kind of just looking for any way to like feel better about this decision that I might end up having to make. And what happened for me personally was I decided to sign up for a spiritual retreat. And part of the requirements for the retreat is you have to give up alcohol for 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 30 days, like I can do this. Like I've done two weeks, I've done 30 days. And that was the other problem for me is I would go these short periods of time to like prove to myself that there wasn't an issue. Right. Right. And so I was like, I can do 30 days. Like that's no big deal. Well, the healing that I experienced on that retreat was so profound that when I came back, it was like, I, I learned so much about myself and just really got to heal some of those deep, you know, child inner wounds. And I just was like, I don't want to drink. Like there was this desire of like, I don't actually want to drink because I feel so good. I feel Mm -hmm. so pure in my body, mind and spirit. And I know that alcohol is like a a toxin obviously. And it's very low vibrational frequency that it operates at. So I was like, I don't want to, I just don't want to put that in my body. And long story short, I've just been making that decision like every day I've, I've taken it day by day of like, do I want to put that poison in my body? Do I want to uh, lower my vibration? And every day for the last four and a half years has been no. And does that mean that there hasn't been challenges? No, of course, there's been moments and um, things that happen, but I'm, that's, that's, that was the final moment that I got sober. And it was, it was never my intention to be sober here four and a half years later, having this conversation with you guys. 
but uh, it was just for me the catalyst for what what got me onto this sobriety journey. I love that because I think so many people, they they think, we call it future tripping. They're thinking about, oh my God, I'm going to be sober a year from now. I don't know if I could do that. And I love how you just sort of accidentally just never drank again. Like it wasn't yeah. your intention, but it was something that you just started doing and, and you just stayed with it. There's like a lot less pressure than, you know, oh my God, I got to I gotta get that chip or I got to get that time frame or I got to do this. It was just like, eh, I'm just doing this right now. And that's good. Yeah. And that's really something I really talk about a lot on my Instagram. And like what I talk to clients that I work with is like, let's not put an, a time limit on it. Let's not say until next month or until next year, like, why don't you just make it a conscious, intentional decision that you make in that moment of like, do I want this or not? If the answer is no, just move forward. Right. You don't need yeah. to think about, well, what about tomorrow and all this stuff. And I think a lot of people that trips people up. I even know for me, I used to track my days, like especially early on, but it was, there was something like almost kind of self-sabotaging about, about it. So I, I just finally like deleted the apps. I was like, I just, I'm going to live my life. And like, this is my new life. And so uh, there, for me, I, I, yeah, I definitely don't find it super helpful um, to focus too much on that. And just like, just take it day by day, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And it, it comes up a lot. So at the treatment center we work at, I was a one-on-one -on -one counselor. So I met with people every day, all the clients and just like the amount of, you know, uh, like pushback on getting sober or I'm going to stay sober while I'm here, but I'm going to drink as soon as I get out or I'm going to commit to six months. And it was such like a big conversation. But what you said is like very accurate where it's kind of like and especially with your like fitness and health background, you hear a lot of the times, right, that like getting healthy is kind of more of this like identity change rather than this goal. Like uh, what does a healthy person look like and how do I do the things that a healthy person does? And, you know, whatever that is, six months later down the road, you're like, holy shit, I'm doing and saying what healthy people do. I must be a healthy person. And like the change kind of comes from the identity. And I feel the same way about sobriety where it's like, hey, dude, alcohol and drugs are destroying my life. But what could I do to change today and then tomorrow and then the next day? And, you know, in AA, you hear all the time, one day at a time. And as cliche or maybe overstated as it may be, it's because it's true. You know, yeah. it's like if I don't drink it's today, totally let's true. see how yeah. I feel. You know, if I don't drink next week, let's see how I feel. And that's been one right. of the biggest like pushback points that I've had as like a, a clinician is. Like, I don't need a, a time frame. Let's just stay sober today and see how we feel tomorrow. Yeah. You know, give me yes. commit to you're going to stay sober here at Elevate because we don't got drugs and alcohol here. So let's yeah. you graduate. Let's <laughs> see how you feel. And 10 times out of 10, they're like, holy shit, I feel great. My life's my life's awesome. It's like imagine two right. more months of that. Yeah. Imagine three more right. months, four more months. So I'm so right. glad you brought that up because it's it is an identity thing rather than a goal, you know. Yeah, that's not Absolutely. a destination. It's the journey and 100 oh percent applicable yes. to like diet and fitness as well. You know, if we're like got to reach that milestone, it's like, OK, then what? So there just has to be just, you know, day after day. Oh, I, hey, another day of not eating sweets. That felt pretty good. Another day of going to right. the gym. That felt great. And then you just accumulate enough time where that just becomes normal and that becomes habit and that becomes routine and, and you really start to see the gains and the the progress and you just feel inspired by that to keep going. 
Yeah, it's something I say a lot is sobriety is not going to be successful if it feels like deprivation, just yeah. like a diet or uh, a fitness routine. If you feel like you're going without something and, and you're not really putting your attention, your focus and your energy on all the things that you're getting <clears> instead, then you're going to it's going to be that white knuckling sensation, right? Of yeah. like, oh, I'm just trying so hard to not drink because they're so focused on what they can't do, right? right. And so I really like to flip that focus be like, but what is everything that you're getting out of it by, by eliminating this, this, whatever it is, food or alcohol in this case. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with that so much. Yeah, no, that's definitely, um, like, like drinking alcohol or food, any addiction, it's very like limiting, you know, and it's very like closed minded and it's routine. And it's basically just like this program of like, dude, I do this and I feel this way and I've been doing it for so long. I couldn't imagine a world where I can't do that anymore. And so a lot of times, like when clients graduate from our program, I'd always tell them when they're leaving, when they're like graduating and they're on this high, high and they're like super stoked on being sober and they're about to go home. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, you know, the real journey starting like you're leaving the yeah. easiest place to stay sober on the planet bubble. Earth. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Anyone can stay sober here. The real battle starts. And so I'd always tell them. Like, I didn't want to be like the negative guy. It's like now the, the real work starts, you know, like just get prepared <laughs> yeah. to the, the shit storm waiting for you at home. Right. But I'd always say, like, you could do anything. There's two things you can't do. You can't do drink and use anything else is on the table. Like the world is so big. Your options are so huge. And it's kind of what you were saying, right? Of like, it's not a limited viewpoint anymore. Like, dude, you could do anything. anything. There's just two things yeah. you can't do. Yeah. But that feels uh, like more empowering. That feels like larger and and uh, less constraining, like you were saying. You don't have to white knuckle it if you can do anything. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think it's about too. You have to learn to fall in love with the journey. Like yeah. just just fall in love with the experience and know that. Again, like I mentioned earlier, has every day since then been easy? No. Have I had moments of temptation? Absolutely. But just coming back to my why, what my reason is for doing this, like what my choices have been, bringing intentional thought to it is really what I think people need to be doing instead of, again, focusing so much on what they can't do. I just think you need to be excited about this new life, this new, all these new opportunities have opened up to you because you've eliminated this low vibrational frequency yeah. in your life and this distraction, like the mental energy that it used to take me to try to moderate drinking. I have all of that mind space back, like all of the thoughts in my brain have like more room now because I'm not constantly just like, don't drink, don't drink, only have one drink, don't don't drink after this time. Like just yeah. it was the mental gymnastics were exhausting, you know? Yeah, you weren't living in like a, a box anymore. Like the parameters were reset. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great way of putting that. Yeah. And the other thing I like that you said, and, and we, we had somebody on last week where we really talked about this, is the reframing. It's like it, taking away the I can't or I have to and and reframing it to like, I get to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I get to like eat right today. Because when you, you have to stay sober, or you can't do this. There is something in your mind that just does not like that, especially <laughs> as addicts and alcoholics. Don't tell me I can't do that. I'm, I'm going to uh, do it twice as hard. And so it's really yep, important to sort yep. of reframe, retrain your brain to start looking at things as a positive opportunity, as opposed to you can't have this and you must not do that sort of thing. 
Yeah. Well, and I also like, you know, use the word empowered. Like it's all about making people feel empowered with the choices that they're making. Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you are choosing to, if you, if you are consciously choosing to not have a drink, like how badass does that feel after how many years of struggling and feeling like powerless over, over something like a substance or a drink, it's like, it can just really help you rewrite a lot of your own beliefs about yourself and your own, uh, again, like self-love and, and your value and your worth, because you are choosing to make a decision that is going to be best for you. Right. Instead of feeling this, this helplessness about it. Right. Yeah. No, that's definitely the approach that we take mm-hmm. over here, you know, at elevate and, um, it's difficult because it's hard at first, you know, it's like very like hard to like empower change. Cause there's just so much, um, I mean, I guess for the lack of a better term damage, there's just so much damage we've done to ourselves that it's hard to be like, like at the minimum, I'm just trying to like get better and feel better, you know? And it's yeah. at first it's very difficult, but you, you are right. And that's the way we look at it too, a hundred percent. So a, a question that I had for you, Andy, which I think is important and also like maybe there could be a lot to take away from it is it seems that you got sober on your own more or less right like without the standard go to treatment get a sponsor blah 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 right like the the general like this is how you get sober follow this path and so that's super interesting because especially nowadays there's so much information out there there's so many podcasts and resources and courses and health coaches and all this stuff so my question for you is you go to this spiritual um, retreat and you're like, dude, I love what's happening. This 30 days has been kick ass. I don't want to put toxins in my body anymore. Like where, where did it, where did you go from there? Like what did, what did that part of your journey look like? How did you tap into like the next steps of your recovery? So to say. That is such a good question. I'm so glad that you asked that question. So yeah, that spiritual retreat really like, if this was my life, it just, it just like broke everything open. I came home, broke up with my boyfriend uh, (laughs) over a year. He was probably so mad about that. (laughs) He was. Yeah. Well, it, you yeah. got to go to this retreat he and he's like, well, I'm he leaving, was. you know? <laughs> yeah. But it, but because I finally had that, that self worth, like he, right. like I'd been cheated on multiple times. It was not a good relationship. By right, right. 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 Okay. But that it makes taught, sense. I, I, yeah, it taught me a lot. And I came back feeling again, that empowered feeling of like, I don't have to continue living my life like this. He also, um, I don't want to label like his journey. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I will just say that, um, we, would drink a lot together so it definitely it. was not a healthy relationship i could continue if i was not going to be drinking well, and that's so awesome. like i yeah so i came back and uh did that he moved out and i really was kind of for the first time in a long time left with myself mm-hmm. um sober early sobriety it could be a good and a bad out. thing yeah <laughs> yeah it can it absolutely but for me i was just like freaking out so like i think uh which is normal but it was just like I had time on my hands. I didn't have a relationship anymore. Um, I was coaching CrossFit at the time. So I had, I was at the gym multiple times a day. So that was good for me. Um, and then I would stay after and work out. So I was basically like at the gym all the time. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. But Love yeah, that. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm still at yeah, the gym all the time. Are, yeah. I'm still yeah, there all the time. I know time. you guys are way into CrossFit. So I knew you'd yeah. appreciate that, but yeah, I, um, I'm all stoked. I'm glad now. you slipped that yeah. in. Yeah. 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 
so I, I just, uh, so what I started doing was like really just this deep self care. And I know self care is kind of like a buzz term that can people think is like bubble baths and, you know, and massage and everything, <laughs> which is great, but I'm talking about more of like self care work, like the work, like sitting down, writing, journaling for hours, getting it all out having memories like come up that I, I had forgotten about or suppressed, like things, just mechanisms, my body turned back on creativity coming back, like things that as I was getting, you know, more and more time behind me since I had drank was like all of these things just kind of started transpiring. I started to have a really regimented meditation practice. I was meditating every morning. Um, I was going on walks and runs outside, spending more time in nature, um, really prioritizing my own health. So was interesting is, you know, I told you a little bit, my background is like a health and fitness uh, coach, but I was still doing that even while I was drinking again, just right. trying to moderate. Right. So I'm preaching like, yeah, I coach CrossFit and I do this and I can help you with your nutrition. But at the same time, I'm like drinking two bottles of wine a night. So it was just like for the first time with that elimination of the distraction of alcohol could really actually focus like, what is my body capable of? Cause I've never seen what it can do without the influence of drugs or alcohol, right? I've always just yeah. had kind of something going on in the background. Um, so for me, it was more like uh, really focusing on like, what do I want to do with my body? I trained for a half marathon. I did a half marathon. Um, I, again, meditation, journaling, uh, focusing on my food, like getting back in the kitchen and learning how to cook without drinking was like such a triggering thing for me at first wow. because I'm yeah. so used to like drinking the wine while I'm making the, like these delicious meals. That was the reward. Now it's no problem. Yeah. Well, it was like, that's just like what you do. Right. It's just right. like have a little sip while you're you know, cooking and, and it like, and of course everybody talks about like, well, this wine pairs so well with this. And that's just the life I've been so used to living. So right. a lot of the beginning, uh, when I first got back was just going into the work and learning how to live my life without alcohol. How, how was I going to handle dinners when I got invited out to dinner at a restaurant? How was mm -hmm. I going to handle that? Uh, my siblings are musicians. So when they're playing at bars, how am I going to handle being invited to their gigs and going to a bar? Right. Yeah. So it was, it was like one thing after another, like these, almost like these little accomplishments along the beginning stages of my journey of like, okay, I just did that. I just went to a bar and I had water and it was fun. Okay. <laughs> awesome. What's the next challenge I'm going to put my, put to myself, you know? Yeah. So a lot of that beginning time was just really, recalibrating my understanding of what life could be without alcohol to best like summarize. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, that's, that's also the, the competitive CrossFit in us. It's like, Oh, okay, good. I did that. What else can I do? What next can yeah. I do? Can I do it faster? Can I do <laughs> yeah. it better? Can I do it harder? And I think we have that, that competitive spirit that you may almost made sobriety a competitive game more or less like what else can i do to test this or feel good about mm -hmm. this or get that yeah that dopamine hit from like not doing something when i used to do something um i had to do yeah, a similar I've... thing with smoking like like i had to like set okay oh. you're not gonna right now you normally go smoke what am i gonna do instead i'm gonna you know play this little game and i'm gonna eat this food okay good i forgot about it and you do that enough times and you can change the habit well, I actually used to be, so I used to smoke and then I, I transitioned into like only smoking when I was drinking. So you can imagine that got eliminated too, but here yeah. I am again, health and fitness coach, smoking <laughs> cigarettes while drinking, like, you know, like, I just wonder what people thought, like they must've just thought I was insane, but Hey, it's um, all but good. I, but we yeah, did the same was, stuff. <laughs> yeah. I started, okay, I, I would smoke cigarettes after wads. 
dude. Like, oh, I, I, I was like, how do you do this, Dal? He would go so hard on like cardio, and then he would basically go throw up and then smoke a cigarette. Yeah, like, oh, for yeah. like a year. Oh no, for <laughs> sure. I I actually can totally relate to that because I've done that as well. So yeah, not, a lot of shame not, there. Not, I feel a lot of shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't feel shame. You're not alone in that for sure. He doesn't. He's fine. I was, I was <sighs> impressed. I was like, I don't know how you do that, man. That's impressive. And I'd tell myself, yeah. like, oh, imagine if we just quit smoking, dude. You know, like, <laughs> know. you'd be so healthy, <laughs> but you're not. I what? I actually thought, because I tried to figure out, like, why I did that. And I think it's, like, the adrenaline rush that you get from the workout. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you need, again, as someone who used to use all the things, it's like you need something to kind of help like bring, bring yourself down. back down to me yeah yeah so the cigarette i think in some ways kind of just helps to like calm a little bit not yeah. that it's the best way to do that but i think that's for me what i found is like when i was like after a big race or like a wad or something like that i just needed some i needed to feel like balanced again, again. yeah yeah that makes sense that's exactly what i was doing now that i think yeah. about it just so amped up you're like dude we need to chill now yeah, need to, yeah exactly L like yeah, totally. looking back at it now i think we all know how to chill without drugs and alcohol it's yeah, it's achievable <laughs> as well um mm -hmm. it just takes time shortcuts yeah. you know yeah. obsessed yeah, with shortcuts sure. that's yeah. all it was like, learning just... how to navigate all the motions that we're not used to dealing with good or bad yeah. in every situation yeah, yeah so andy a question i had for, sure. for you was during that time, right, where you get home, you get back to the, the the house, you have no boyfriend or fiance or boyfriend, I think you said, and you're like re uh, you're putting your life back together and you're going through all this stuff. Were you going through that alone? Like, did you have any support? Did you have a therapist? Did you have a counselor? Did you have like a, a sober friend to like bounce things off of? Um, not that I care either way, but I'm just curious. Was there anyone? like in your corner for that, that time, I guess. That's a, a, another great question. Yeah. So, uh, the spiritual retreat that I went on was with a group of kind of coworkers at the time, but more friends. We had become kind of like this, we were a remote company. So whenever we got together, it was like, we just became like really close friends and yeah, yeah. they didn't drink. And so that was my first experience of going on a trip with friends and not drinking because none of them drink. Um, right. You know, they've all had their own stories and they were, they had some time in sobriety before I, you know, I decided to make my decision. And there's one person in particular who I think he had like two or three years uh, of sobriety yeah. under, under his belt. And he, he actually does, did, I don't know if he still does, but he did the traditional AA route. So nice. that's where his background was coming from. So he had a sponsor and everything. And so in the beginning stages, when I came back and we don't live, we didn't live in the same place. So everything was like phone and text. But when I first came back home and all these big changes were happening um, and I was navigating exactly what Angie said, like the emotions, learning how to feel emotions for the first time, knowing, you know, cause again, I would just so instinctively used to just go drink. Like I didn't want to feel all the things come up. Right. So when I was starting to feel the things, he really was a sounding board um, at the beginning for me to just be like, am I crazy? Like, like, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. I just, I just had a dream about drinking. Like, is that normal? Like I was just kind of asking him questions. Cause again, I had nobody in my life that like right. I had as an example of successful sobriety or like even what that looks like. And so he was there at the beginning to help me. I would, I would like journal things and be like, Hey, do you like, can I share this with you? Because like, this is, I kind of like had some aha moments come up that I wanted yeah. to you know bounce off of you. And, so he was really helpful for that. 
Um, unfortunately, though, uh, let's see. So I was probably like three or four, maybe five months sober, and he relapsed pretty badly. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and it was really... <clears throat> Uh, emotional for me and I know like I shouldn't attach my experience to his experience and I've had to work through that yeah but um, it was really emotional for me because to me I was still in my mind very much in early sobriety still mm -hmm. only a few months in and it almost felt like and I had almost kind of looked at him as like this is what successful sobriety can look like yeah. and so for me it kind of felt like is does anybody ever really make it you know does anybody like ever really pull through this and stick with it because right. and, and it, it almost just made me feel kind of defeated hopeless and defeated yeah. like yeah. am i eventually like is this eventually is this just like short term and eventually does everybody just go back to drinking it's kind of like this this question that i had in my mind mm -hmm. well and that's um, kind of the aa just, philosophy too right relapse is part of recovery you know it's just like expected <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah and and but i guess i i had felt so good in my journey that I couldn't even imagine like doing, doing that. So I guess in some ways it, it helped me because it was like, I mean, he had a lot of stuff transpire from that decision that he made. And so it was almost like a, a kind of an example or like a forewarning of like, it's a slippery slope. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you, if you think you've had some time under you and then like, Oh yeah, like I could handle it now. Like you might very, you may very quickly find out that you can't. And I guess for me, it was kind of like a, like a, a good example of like, don't get too comfortable in what you're doing because yeah, yeah. as soon as you stop doing the work and I've done that over the course of these four and a half years, there has been times where I've sat back and being like, why am I feeling called to drink? And I've looked, oh, when's the last time you meditated? When's the last time you journaled? Like I can see I had stopped doing the work and therefore all of those old kind of habits and emotions and things around drinking came back up yeah. so um yeah so to answer your question i did have someone but i i kind of learned early on in that experience that while i do think it's helpful to have a support system especially at like you know they say like an accountability buddy or whatever yeah i i almost sometimes especially with my clients say just like proceed with caution because just because if your friend you know that you're going through this with decides to drink like that I want you to be separated enough to know that that doesn't affect you. And like, that shouldn't impact your decision that you're making. Um, and that you can still uh, just not go down that road with them, you know? So like, yeah. I think support can be really helpful. Um, I just think it's important to like, keep, also keep your eyes on your own lane and like, make sure that you're doing what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes hand in hand with like the majority of addicts and alcoholics is codependency. You know, you take away the drugs yeah. and alcohol, then you find someone else and they're, they're your everything. And it's just that nature of us to sort of, uh, want that, that, that connection and, and our, everything depends on that person. So it's a good lesson. I think a life lesson of learning that codependency while you're sober and how to be accountable, responsible for yourself. You can be there for other people. They can be there for you, but it doesn't make or break you one way or the other. Absolutely. And my, I actually, in my early sobriety stage where I'm journaling and doing all this stuff is when I actually realized for the first time that I had a codependency problem. I didn't yeah. even know that was like, I didn't know what it was, but through all these <laughs> self-help books I'm reading and all this stuff, I learned what codependency was. And I was like, holy oh, crap like yeah. this is i every relationship every friendship like my family dynamic like holy crap this is like so major for me and so that's definitely and that's again also 
codependency is something you have to continue to work out because it's yeah. so easy to fall back into those those habits of mm -hmm. again identifying and attaching how you feel to someone else and yeah so i'm glad you just said that because i remember having that total moment of just couldn't believe it yeah, yeah it's it's definitely layered and it's you you know you see it almost any i mean i think 98% of the world is codependent you 100%. know <laughs> like i think 100%. everyone's codependent yeah. to some yeah. degree and yeah. like some people just happen to drink over it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I think, um, you know, the reason I asked as far as like, is what, you know, what, like you were saying, was there a sounding board in your early recovery was out of curiosity, but then also out of like, uh, like a compliment to you of like your self-awareness during that time, you know, and from what I've kind of picked up, it seems like you were so like, successful and doing really good but had like this one little thing like holding you back you know um mm -hmm. and i think that's super interesting and it's 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 cool for like what you're doing now because a lot of the people you talk to maybe want uh health and fitness coach uh coaching but are also like they could be doing the exact same thing you're doing and it's so hard to see and they might never know it's a problem but then you look at your life and you're like dude i was drinking I was like hiding this cocaine use and then I got sober and realized like I'm super codependent and my emotions are like haywire. So it's it's kind of like you're in this role and you can like detect these problems that aren't serving people, but they would never know because it's not really destroying their life, but it ain't helping. And that's the hardest stuff to look at where it's not blatantly in your face. It's just kind of in the shadows, just waiting to be oh, yeah. a real big problem. You're like the yeah, tsunami I, detector, you know? Yeah, well, yeah and, and I, I was just like saying preach because so much of, oh, sorry, Andrew, I, I didn't want to no, interrupt you. I just like it. so much of what you just said is something I try to drive home every single day when I post, when I talk to people in my DMs is like even a conversation I just had earlier this week with a client I'm working with. You do not have to be an alcoholic to quit drinking. Like right. there is just this mis this misunderstanding and this like caught up in all the semantics of terms and labels and whatever it's like if alcohol is not serving you it's not serving you it doesn't make you an addict it doesn't make you an alcoholic it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you it doesn't mean you're not disciplined enough or strong enough to make it work like what if alcohol is the one thing that's holding you back from the life of your dreams from living the, the life that you desire right but because you think like well i'm not it's not bad enough yet or, or i'm not that bad mm -hmm like that's just going to continue to hold you back. So that's really what just stood out in my mind when you were just saying that is exactly right. Like you, and I, I use my own story. Like I hit rock bottom and then continue to drink. So like if you're waiting for rock bottom, that's not necessarily going to be the best yeah. answer for you. Like I did try to manage it and it just got to the point where I was so exhausted trying to manage it that I just wanted to try doing something differently and, and, and it's worked for me, you know? Um, so I just think it's it's so important because I have so many people, and and again another reason why I, I didn't really uh, want to call myself a sobriety coach is because um, I don't want to turn people off. Like, what if right. people just come to my page because they're interested? Maybe they're sober curious. Maybe they are are still drinking, but like they're feeling that inner voice that's saying yeah, yeah. like this. There might be something that's not quite right here. But if they just see me as somebody who just all I talk about is sobriety and that it's like the end all be all like then they're probably they might not come along for the journey and learn something about themselves or learn from other things that I say or that I post. Yeah. So I really try to be very open and inclusive mm -hmm. of like 
if you're following me and you drink great, if you're not following me, you don't drink great. Like I, I think any time away from alcohol and drugs and, and time to clear your mind and really get clear about who you are, who you want to be can be the beginning of the rest of your life. You know what I mean? So yeah. I try to not make it so like, uh, labeled, you know, cut and dry. Yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think about like, especially with this pandemic is there's a lot of people because of the lockdowns, because of everything they would, uh, they were only like casual social drinkers. And then that casual social drinking became like the weekends and it became daily. And, and, and again, there, it's not like they've reached the point of this is ruining my life, but maybe it's hard to come back from that habit of daily drinking just to get through things. Um, you know, you can't just snap your fingers and say, oh, okay, life's back to normal. I'm going to quit doing that. No. You realize mm -hmm. like that's become part of the habit and routine. So I'm sure your posts are very appealing to people like that who maybe they don't need rehab, but they've got to like start looking at how can I do life without this thing that I've added in that got me through this really hard time. Right. And, and yeah, that's, that's actually quite a few people I've been working with have been what you just said. Like, I've never had a problem with alcohol before, mm -hmm. but then the pandemic happened and I was drinking every day and now I can't stop. And like, mm -hmm. it's again, a slippery slope and they just don't know how to get back to a place that they feel comfortable in. And, and it's just interesting because again, you know, I believe any time away from alcohol is, is beneficial. And a lot of times these people are taking a break and then like, I feel so great. Like, why would I go back to that? You know what I mean? Which is like, that's the point of this, right? Yeah. But if you start out telling somebody they have to be sober and they have to be sober forever, then that's just going to, again, the self-sabotage takes over. So um, I totally agree with you. And I think a, a lot of people are feeling that right now. And that's, that's maybe that's just why when I started posting about my sobriety, when I did, and it, it, it landed well with people yeah. is because they just, they were feeling that inner knowing already. And the universe is kind of like, I've had so many people say like, I don't know how I found your page. I don't know why that reel came up on my profile. I'm like, cause it was meant, to, you were meant to see it. Like there was a reason yeah. that yeah. my energy and my message was supposed to find you. And like, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy how that works, you know? And I guess I have questions about the real, I'm starting to wonder if I've seen it, yeah. you know? Uh, but, <laughs> so maybe, maybe we'll circle back to that in a second, mm -hmm. but I really liked what you said about, like, I liked your intentionality behind not being a sobriety coach. Cause it, it could be so like limiting or, or it could push a lot of people away that aren't interested in that, or even know that they should be interested in that. So I thought that was super cool that you did that um, intentionally, you know, um, and maybe this is something I'm, this is, I'm sure this is probably something you've you've recognized in in doing what you're doing. But it's like uh, a lot of the conversation isn't really even about drinking or drugs or alcohol. It's, it's about like the healing and the, the moving forward, whether it's, you know, fitness, health sobriety you know like it's basically just like emotional health is what we kind of talk about it's the codependency it's all that stuff we talk about in the drugs and the alcohol or just like we say the band-aid or the solution to it so you leaving the sobriety piece out allows all of all of that to stay you know and be explored through like the excuse of fitness and health sometimes you know and then you give them like the yeah, definition yeah. of true health yeah, for sure. Um, I think, again, I think it just really comes down to the fact that like, I wasn't clear who I was trying to help. I was just like posting right. all this great stuff about health and nutrition and fitness, which is like everywhere mm -hmm. on all social media. So there was nothing really that was like 
unique about what I had to say probably right until I tapped into like, what if I'm just trying to reach people who want to be on a health and fitness journey or maybe who already are, but again, yeah, alcohol or drugs is the, or even food. I talk about food addiction. Like I basically talk about, you know, those three types of addiction, but it's like, um, somebody just comes across that and, and see something that, that strikes them. And yeah, like you said, they follow along for the journey. And then now I'm able to reach them with the health and fitness and nutrition information, because I was very clear, like that they are the type of person that I'm trying to reach. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think about why I sort of subliminal, not subliminally, I'm pretty overt about it, but push 75 hard. It is a health fitness, uh, thing. You have to work out twice a day, but one of the little things is no alcohol. And mm-hmm. for us, obviously, that's easy to do for 75 days. But for a lot of people, it's it's not. And this sort of, they think they're joining it for this, but then they get that like time under their belt and it's more than 30 days. It's actually enough time where you develop a habit and they feel so good and they didn't even realize they weren't going into it because they wanted to get sober. They went into it because of these other reasons, but then that was sort of like this little added benefit where they get enough time away from it and realize like, hey, this actually feels really good. And gee, I haven't drank in 75 days. That's the longest I've not drank in, you know, however many years. And it's a little subtle way of getting people to sort of dry out without them realizing that's that's what I'm trying to do with them. I love that day three right here. So Yay! I nice. um, <laughs> uh, love that. Yeah. You've done it a couple of times. So I think this is I my second time through 75 hard. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I yeah, failed I twice, actually, but my, yeah, I'm going to complete it. I love that. I've already <laughs> failed. I've, I've failed once being totally transparent. I fell around like day 33, um, took a, I think I took about a month off now and I just something this week was just like, I just, I have to get, I felt so good when I was doing it. Yeah. And I, I really, and I don't see failure as like a, a bad thing or an yeah. embar- or embarrassment or anything like that, because I feel like there was a lesson there and mm-hmm. I learned the lesson. Right. And now I can go into this second time and make it what it needs to be. But I totally uh, agree with you um, on that. And I think that's such an awesome, an awesome way of, of promoting that, that lifestyle by just, Hey, I'm doing this, this like challenge and like, you could do it too, if you wanted. Like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Force them into sobriety a little bit. Yeah. Just... Yeah. They think you're forcing the fitness, but really you're trying to get yeah. that sobriety in there. Yeah. Like, the funny parallel yeah. I was kind of drawing from all of this is like at elevate, we kind of, they kind of come for the sobriety, but leave with the fitness. So it's kind of like a little bit backwards, you know, like, <laughs> It's like, hey, you know, you want to get really healthy? Like now you're starting to feel better? Like, okay, cool. You know, people put yeah. on weight all the time or people are overweight yeah. from drinking too much. And it's kind of like this cool package deal they get when they come to Elevate where, you know, it, it's sometimes they could be like, oh, man, like they're just obsessed about fitness. But then when you really break it down and explain why, it's like, oh, shit, okay, cool. Like, dude, let's start feeling better. Like this is the yeah. best way to do it, you know, and it makes sense. And then it becomes kind of this cool culture there where seeing people get like all into fitness is so awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, so you used to coach CrossFit, right? So like we've had people come in. I remember this one guy specifically and he never worked out a day in his life, 24 year old kid. And he was doing fentanyl and cocaine and uh, a little bit overweight. And you know, he left with a six pack in front squatting over 300 pounds never worked out a That's day in incredible. his life i know yeah oh my gosh i love that so much that is yeah. awesome well and i think because so many people associate getting sober with like you talked about that white knuckling you know it's like i'm yeah. sober but it's like uh, 
you know, it's barely miserable. hanging on. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. can replace those bad habits with healthy habits, and by the way, you got sober and you look great, which is Even very better. non-traditional. Um, you know, it's like, it's amazing. It's a win-win because then people, when they feel good, they look good, they look good, they feel good. And they go out and feel confidence in sobriety as opposed to fear of what's coming at them. Oh my gosh. And, and just to speak on that too. So, uh, a couple of the reels I've had go viral have been because I've shared unpopular opinions about sobriety. Like I, I'm like, feel like I'm the, the person that like just says the things that, like you guys will probably agree with me, but like, that's not the mainstream thought process behind sobriety. So for example, one was like, um, that I don't agree with people subbing out alcohol for like, like, like sugar, like treats basically. And I, and I never, I never said, and I, and I've, I've had to like, oh my gosh, I get misunderstood so many times because (laughs) it's social media. Well, when you have seven, what did you say? 700,000 views? I mean, you're going to get a few people that don't agree. This one had half a million. This one had 500. You're going to get some disagreement. (laughs) Oh, a lot of people just coming at me, but I was just like, the point I'm trying to make is like, it's a spectrum. Like health is a spectrum. So like, if you are craving sugar, let's make something at home. Let's, let's like look for better ingredients. Like I was trying to educate them of like, I understand. And I was also trying to educate them on the science behind why you're craving sugar and that you're actually delaying the process of this healing that you need to do in your, like on a physiological level, because you're feeding your body sugar and it's creating that same effect that the alcohol was, was Mm -hmm. like the dopamine effect. So like the sooner you guys can, uh, you know, transition away from stubbing something out for something else. And again, doing the work, building healthier habits, you're actually going to feel better. You're going to sleep better. All that's going to come to you sooner than if you delay that process by eating a bunch of crap all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So many people got so, so mad much about pushback. that. And, <laughs> wait, but so wait, 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 what could they possibly disagree with that? I'm just curious because that I'm judging people, even though oh, I God. said the very first line, I think in the caption was like, just so you know, I am not like, if this is what you do, that's great. If this is what you did, that's great. And it worked for you. However, I'm coming at this from again, like a health perspective of like, what could we be doing instead? That was one. And then the other one was um, that I don't, the same thing with like alcohol-free drinks. Like I don't agree with like, let, well, let's just drink alcohol-free wine every night. Like you guys, yeah. like you have to break that habit. Like mm-hmm. not to mention a lot of those alcohol-free alternatives and I'm not knocking them. Like I think they have a time and place. Like if you want to celebrate, if, if they're yeah. not triggering to you, like there's definitely certain people that shouldn't utilize them and certain people that are okay with utilizing mm-hmm. them. But the point I was trying to make was like, they're usually filled with chemicals. They're usually filled with a bunch of sugar stuff to make it taste like what you're used to, you know, a drink tasting like. So like maybe let's not like, I think I even saw another sober influencer say like abuse alcohol free drinks. And I was like, what? Like, no, we should not be telling people that. Right. Like drink water. I don't like, I don't understand. So, um, it's just, just to piggyback on your talking about healthier habits. I, that is something I truly try to focus on is like just getting away from the mainstream thought processes around what you have to do to get sober. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. well, if you want to eat a box of Oreos, eat a box of Oreos. So at least you're not drinking. I'm like, or, we could make something at home. We could go for a walk. We could do so many other things, go to CrossFit. We could do so many other things rather than eat that box of Oreos. And you'll probably feel better about that and not having the drink. So, yeah, I mean, dude, you're just calling people out. People hate being called out. You know, it. they, they want to yeah. say like, hey, I ain't drinking and that's all that matters. And you're like, but it could be better, too. It could be. And you Absolutely. should look at that. And they're like, I don't oh, want to yeah. look at anything else. 
yeah. This yeah. worked for me. This will work for everyone. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot. Yeah. So I'm I just like make it like a joke now. I basically yeah. like I put polls on my stories. I'm like, which unpopular opinion do you guys want me to talk about next? Yeah. And I, yeah, let, yeah. Like, I let my audience pick like, what do I because they always whatever they pick, it ends up doing really well. Like there's tons of views and stuff. So I'm like, well, I'll just I'll just give the people what they want. Yeah. yeah. Well, well so. and you got science behind you. That's the thing that's so yeah. funny. It's like, it's not like you're just making this stuff. There's literally yeah. no. science, Huberman. Like there's so many people that confirm everything that we talk about as valid yeah. and true and legitimate science. It's been peer reviewed over and over. And so it's funny that there's people that just want to be haters about it because it's like, you're not just making this stuff up. <laughs> no, I, I always research multiple sources. Yeah. of Like, again, because I don't have that, this as my background, I'm going to websites and reading, you know, published studies and stuff like that and making sure that I'm sharing information that is accurate. And then I also say, like, this is where I got this information. Um, and and ever if there's ever a time where I share something and, like, maybe information changes or um, I change my perspective, like, I always share that too. You know, yeah. like, I'm always, like, I try to be very open about like, I'm, I'm pretty much like very malleable in like my, uh, understanding of the world. Cause I know that I don't know what I don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm always trying to tell my, you know, my community and my followers of like, you guys just need to be more open-minded because what you right. believe as truth today might not be truth tomorrow. And you also need to be okay with admitting that. Like if, if that, if your thought process changes, just say that because there's nothing, there's no shame in that, you know? And that's like the real message. Right. And you're just like, that's what you're delivering, but just in like different contexts, right? Like you're just yeah. sharing different experiences to prove that point where it's like, like I, obviously you're eating healthy and not drinking. Like you're posting this as like a, a value <laughs> or like a gentle reminder for other people. Like you're yeah. doing just fine. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys, maybe consider this. And they're like, no, fuck that. And they get all crazy, yeah. you know, in the comments. So it's, mad. It's like, so <laughs> mad. I've, yeah, I've shared stuff about AA. I've shared stuff about, and I just get the people, because people don't want to feel, the, the problem is people can't separate what I'm trying to share as, again, it's called an opinion. I even say opinion. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. they're trying to attach too much weight to that. And for some reason, they're taking that on as it invalidates their experience, which is for also sure. not what I'm trying exactly. to do. Right. So in their mind, if they did, for example, use uh, Oreos or sugar to, like, get through early sobriety, then for some reason, they're taking what I'm saying, like, offensively right. as if, like, that's invalidate. And that's 100% what I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm not even trying to, like, like if you're past that point, then we're, this isn't even about you. Like this message isn't even for you. I'm talking to the people who might be on the cusp of that experience and like, hey, you're going to have these cravings. This is maybe a, a better option for you. So yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people just just take it the wrong way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just a yep. the society we live in these days, yeah. right? Like if you're not yeah. for it, you're against it. There is no yeah. in between and everybody's going to be offended if it's not the way they're feeling and it's just unfortunately the world we live in. But the other thing is, is and uh, you know Andy's famous for saying this, but if you're getting haters, you must be doing good things. Like yeah, that's a good sign of success is when you actually have people taking the time to say, I don't yeah. agree with you. Like that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> well, that's so funny because I said that to myself, like the very first reel that I had that I brought a bunch of negative comments and messages to me. Mm. I even post that on my stories of like I always told myself that like like I wanted to like I wanted to I've always wanted to grow a community I've always wanted to share and help people like that's always been something I wanted to do 
And again, when I was before, when I was not very clear about who I was talking to, and I was kind of just like posting the crickets, I always said to myself, like, you need to be ready because exactly like when you'll know you've made it, you'll know you're doing something impactful when there's people who disagree with you. Instead of just like people liking your stuff and like, oh, you're so great. Like on your comments, like I needed, I knew that I needed to be mentally strong enough to handle what has come to me. And I, that's why I truly don't think that I was ready to transition into this work until I was, because I wasn't mentally there yet. And now I am. And I can, I mean, do things still kind of like hurt my feelings for sure. Um, Especially because I hate being misunderstood because my message and what I'm trying to do is really at the very bottom level is just help people. I just want to help people. Mm -hmm. And so to be taken the wrong way and people like say just really awful, hateful things to me about what I'm doing is like, wow, you guys just totally misunderstood what I'm trying to do. Um, so sometimes it does, it does like hurt me a little bit, but then I just like take a day, couple of days off Instagram. And then I come back when I'm feeling like inspired again. And I'm just like, Hey, move, moving on. I block a lot of people too. Because yeah. <laughs> just the messages and the comments, sometimes like people will just do it over and over again. And I just like, I have to just like block. Yeah, them you got to hold the it. line, you know? Yeah. 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 Do you sure. do a uh, uh, TikTok as well with the sobriety stuff? Yeah. So I, um, well, honestly, I just repurpose, like I just take my reels that I do on Instagram and I post post them to my TikTok and they do really well. Like I don't have to do anything extra. I mean, I, I definitely engage in the comments and I've done a couple of like, um, replying to the comments with like a video in TikTok. Um, but honestly, like, uh, Instagram for me is like a lot of work because I take a lot of time to like study the trends and all this stuff. So to do that on like multiple platforms is it's like too much, too yeah. much for me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do, but I do, I definitely like have a, like a smaller following on TikTok that I'm just like trying to reach as well. So I just, I just, when I post something on Instagram, I just post it on TikTok and I just, I just know that like I'm helping who I can when I can, yeah. you know? And that's perfect. Right. And like, yeah. if you, like you can always achieve that goal, like you can always like reach that, like, outcome of like dude i'm just posting this to help somebody like whatever else happens none of your control you know exactly yeah Yeah. well and i think we all feel the same like if i could just reach or help one person by this message today then it's worth everything else if we can just help one individual or however many we can that's why we do what we all do is because that's our you know innate purpose is to want to help yeah and that's something i have to remind myself too like when i do get those nasty you know messages or comments of like Think back to like the programs, like the group coaching programs I've done, how many people I've helped in that. Think about the comments and the messages I get from people who are like, I found your page and like, I'm still sober, like this many days mm-hmm. later, however much later. It's like, I have to focus and I take screenshots and I keep them on my phone. Cause sometimes I just have to go back and yeah. just like remind myself that like, I'm not crazy for thinking that like I am helping people. Like I, I am helping people. Yeah. And those messages just sometimes just like help, you know? And I always, yeah. I always respond to every message I get. And I think that surprises. I've actually had quite a few people like, oh, I didn't think you would read this or respond. I'm like, this is like my dream to be getting messages on Instagram. So like I <laughs> will always answer and like always, you know, I do, I love to do voice memos too, where I just like respond with my voice. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't think you'd send me a voice. Memo. I'm like, you guys, like I am, I'm like such a small little fish in this pond. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm just so happy to be interacting with people. Like it really is truly just enjoyable for me and like fun and exciting that I get to just like help people and share just by sharing my story and my Mm -hmm. journey, you know? No, that's so awesome. And I think, uh, what's super valuable in that is like, you know, maybe we'll feel, you know, I think we all do something where like what I do that's similar to you is like at my desk, I have all my years of sobriety chips just right there. 
you know? So for every shitty counseling session that went bad where someone told me I'm just like a sobriety cult leader or something and I'm a loser for being sober. I'm like, you know, you just, it's like considering the evidence, which is actually like some, um, some stuff that we do at elevate where it's just kind of this objective, like pros and cons consider the evidence. Is this true? Is this not true? And it's kind of your way or my way too, of like considering the evidence. Like we see these eight hateful comments but your DMs are flooded with evidence that you're helping people, you know, yeah. and the mind just gets that. stuck in the negativity sometimes because it hurts. Mm-hmm. But then you have all yeah. these screenshots of like, dude, I've stayed sober because of the things that you post. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit, man. OK, I got to consider <laughs> yeah, the right? evidence sometimes like there's yeah. both. They're both can exist. Yeah. A funny story, too, is. Me and a buddy started uh, a TikTok like a year ago just because it was a trendy thing to do. And <laughs> yeah. we're like, dude, we're going to hop on there and talk about getting sober, blah, blah, blah. It's going to go viral. It's going to be great. Nothing ever happened. But we did have one video that went probably, I don't know, like a quarter of a million views or something. That's and awesome. all, it, all it was was just me saying that alcohol was poison and that like you're putting poison <laughs> oh in your body gosh. and people hated it. There was like oh a thousand my. comments. Like I had videos with like, 50 views but like this one video had a thousand comments of just trolls being like and they were cracking me up one of them was like i'd rather be an alcoholic again than be the guy at a party that says alcohol is poison which i was in the video saying that oh my gosh and i was just laughing so hard it sounds like the people commenting on your page are on your page are like friends they're like yeah they all know each other they're probably the same people i think we got mutual friends yeah on the internet oh my gosh that is so funny but like maybe you should be like the unpopular opinion guy on tiktok then and like start just saying more stuff like those are the ones that do well because it brings the good and the bad right it It does and then they all fight in the comments you know Oh we yeah. Can just sit oh, back that's. And watch and laugh. <laughs> I know. No, I block people. I'm just like, cause I just tell, like, I don't have time for it. Like, if you, if someone, cause I have had people fight in the comments and like, just hurtful. I'm like, you guys, I'll block both of you, and like, no one, you both, neither one of you are gonna have access to this comment section. Mm-hmm. Like, just stop. Like, there's no need to be talking poorly about other people. Just not. Don't yeah. For it. The only other video we had that did any had any traction it which is it's so funny to think about but it was like is relapse part of recovery and that was like the title Mm. and people just bit yes no yes and it's like it's like we were saying earlier people are just especially in sobriety and me and angie have talked about this till we're blue in the face it's like sobriety for some people is just like their projection they just like project what worked for them and you know that's there's good and bad in all of that. You know, you can go to AA right now and get the world's worst sponsor that'll tell you yeah. I did it this way and this is how you need to do it. And mm-hmm. it could be the worst advice ever. But like, since you're in a, a vulnerable position, you listen, you know, so there tends to be this like people just hold their opinions so strong. I mean, on everything, but especially yeah. sobriety, because, you know, like it, it was so important. It was your life. So it's basically like saying your life is wrong if you disagree exactly. with a recovery theme, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's not what anybody is saying. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and that's what we're trying to do, too, is like, 
change the viewpoint. Like there's not one size fits all. Like nothing is going to be the same for everybody. So just be open to whatever may or may not work for you or someone else. Absolutely. Uh, and, Absolutely. and again, the, that's just the world we're living in. It's like left or right, black or white. There is no other shades of anything. It's like you have to have a stand on one thing and you can't see outside yeah. that. And so hopefully with what you're doing, okay. we're doing, we can start to change that. Yes, I, absolutely. And that's exactly what you just said. Like, I'm trying to show that there is middle ground and there can be, um, and that you can change, like you can change your perspective. You can start on one spectrum side of the spectrum and maybe shift more towards the middle. It's like, um, yeah, I try to just be open to, you know, being okay with saying if I was wrong or saying that I changed my mind or something like that, yeah. just so I can encourage other people that they can do that too. You know? Yeah. There's definitely, uh, so much nuance to recovery and it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky thing. You know, it's, it's all nuance. That's all it is. You know, it's yeah. like all individualized. Yeah. It's it like, is, it is. <laughs> but I think you hit the nail on the head with people don't want to be wrong. So even though no. they might, even their brain might be shifting towards a different viewpoint, they, they don't want to be wrong with their original viewpoint. So they'll still write it, even though they're not feeling that way because they're fearful that admitting that maybe they've changed their mind or they're wrong somehow makes them less than or something else so it's interesting the psychology we could talk about that for a whole nother yeah. hour <laughs> yeah that's so true oh my god just the whole like every day i feel like i spend my life being like do i want to be right or do i want to be happy and like there's so much wisdom yeah. that comes from just that statement where i'm like mm. why am i defending my rightness like why is like there's such this like power dynamic when like you're trying to be right and someone's got to be wrong. And if mm -hmm. you could just explore that even just a little bit, your life will be 10 mm -hmm. times better. 100%. Not you, Andia, but anyone. Yeah, listening. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I still love I still love what you just said. That's something I haven't like, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Like I, I'm going to take that with me because that's such a powerful um such a powerful statement that I could learn from. So thank you for sharing that. That was good. Of course. Can, can yeah. we have both? Not all the time, man. <laughs> sometimes. Not yeah, all the time. Come on now, but we right can't a lot happy. of the time, right? Yeah, sometimes you yeah. get to be right yeah. and happy, but not all the time. Yeah. We like not to cling always. to all the time. We yeah. want absolutes over right. here in the recovery field. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. that's funny. So, Andy, what are you up to now? Like, what's new on the horizon? Like, are you really just kind of getting into, like, um, the sub not, I, sobriety coaching it's not sobriety coaching it's holistic <laughs> healing health coaching are you really yeah. just kind of like really hunkering down on like clarity and, and where you're trying to go with this or like what are you kind yeah. of up to now moving forward yeah so I ran two group coaching programs I did one in uh, October for sober October and then I just did one in January for dry January awesome um, and it was basically my way of teaching uh, the participants kind of a combination of everything we've just been talking about, but like yeah. in way more detail. Yeah, um, yeah. So walking them through. So each week is a different, uh, you know, we do physical health one week, mental health another week and spiritual health another week. And so I talk about all of the things kind of that I did, um, like the journaling, the meditation, how to meditate. Um, we talk about energy, healing chakras. We talk about uh, the food aspect of things, how to make sure you're nourishing your body. Um, we talk about sugar. So each of the weeks was like kind of a different aspect of the holistic viewpoint of health right but through the lens of sobriety so the mm -hmm. the commitment i ask from the people that have joined is like um to not to, to be sober for the full you know 30 or 31 days 
and uh, just allow yourself this time to really nourish your body, mind, and soul, and just build community. Because I we put I put them all in a Facebook group together so they can all interact with each other. Yeah. And both of those went really well. And basically, so what I'm going to do now and what I've been working on is I'm going to turn that into a self-paced program. Awesome. Um, because I just don't have the capacity, especially with two young kids, to be running those every month. And I, even though I love them and they light me up and they are so enjoyable for me, it is a lot of energy um, sending the emails every day and every week and like the interacting the Facebook group. It's just a lot on top oh, of yeah. everything else. Um, so what I want to do is I want to take this this curriculum that I've basically created through running these uh, two times now. And I'm uh, now in the in the process of turning it into a course. So I'm going to, awesome. it's also for me, um, cause I get a lot of comments and DMS from people who like want to work with me, but maybe can't afford, cause I do one-to-one coaching as well. And they maybe can't afford the one-to-one. And also there's some people that like, aren't ready for one-to-one because when oh, you yeah. work with someone yeah. one-on-one, they're not ready for that level of intensity accountability yes (laughs) accountability like they're just they almost like they're just not there yet Mm -hmm. and so i really would love to have a resource because a lot of times you're like i just want to work through like how did you do this and it would be so it's going to be so much easier just be like i put it all together for you here you go and just like Mm -hmm. send them the link so that they can go do it and they can start it and um uh and then they'll also get added to the facebook community where all the other participants have been in so that'll still continue to build community and they can still interact with each other um, interact with me and stuff like that but just at their on their own time and at their own pace um and really make the experience what they want it to be instead of because a month is like we were flying through stuff like there's not enough time really to like build on those habits and really incorporate those things into their life long term and i don't like the like neat and pretty oh it's just 30 days and like get sober it's like it might take it's gonna take you longer than that it might take you longer than that so um so i love the the programs but this is going to be an opportunity for people to take it as slowly as they need to really build on these habits of nourishing their bodies moving their bodies um all that stuff before they move on to the mental and and, uh spiritual aspects for example they can really focus on each module before they move on yeah yeah. So that's, um, I mean, that's pretty much my focus right now. Cause I really just, um, it's going to be a huge accomplishment for me to, when that's done, because it's just been on my mind now for months and something I'm really excited. Um, but other than that, uh, just, just continuing to build community, just continuing to share, um, and inspire people. Again, this is like, like I have a full-time job. This is, this, this is just like my, my side passion, something wow. like that. It gives, gives my life. Yeah. It gives my life like um, meaning and, and mm-hmm. I really thoroughly do enjoy it. So, um, I mean, who knows, like if this ended up being like a full-time thing that I could make, that would be awesome. But I'm also not putting the pressure on, I want to maintain that passion and that commitment to helping others without this need to make it like work make money in some way. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, the whole that's community huge. aspect, I mean, that's just what's uh, I think missing a lot for a lot of people. And that's really awesome that you've made this a, a priority to create that safe, like-minded community because there's just so much power in having uh, that group that you can go to, talk to, be there for you and that sort of thing. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, and, and that's what I really loved about this because the the group, the month-long group coaching I did, we were all on a call together. Like we would all get on a Zoom for 90 minutes uh, every, you know, once a week. 
and people really loved that. Like this last round, it was all women. It was such a different experience than the previous time where I had kind of like a mix of men, women. It was like such a, just a different uh, vibe and, and energy. And people really loved just talking. They really loved just mm -hmm. sharing. And then they also love hearing other people share because it helps them heal in some way or it yeah. helps them maybe have like a takeaway moment that they didn't have prior or something like that. So I definitely don't want to lose that aspect of things by making it a self-paced thing where I'm not, you know, actively teaching people um, because I, yeah, I think people really just want to feel heard and seen and understood. And that's what this community is like, what I'm really hoping to do. So. Oh yeah. And I'm sure it's achieving it. You know, it's like, all forms of recovery have some version of just what you said, you know, a safe container to be vulnerable and transparent and kind of like a group mirror, you know, where it's like, yeah, how can we create a space that's like safe enough to like open up about these things and in turn help everyone else that was maybe afraid to say that exact same thing. Yeah. Right? It's like, dude, that's Absolutely. the power of group therapy right there. And yes all forms of recovery shapes and sizes food gambling porn drugs and alcohol they all have something very similar that's like dude you're not alone let's talk about it and learn from each other you know it's like we can do we can do it together you know or yeah i love the idea that it's easy to do something when everyone's doing it you know mm -hmm. if everyone's kind of doing it it's very easy to fall in line i mean I'm not going to say what I was just thinking because it's too political. We don't need to go down that road, but you could imagine probably some <laughs> things that I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. they go on your face, yeah. no, <laughs> but it's easy yeah. to do yeah. something when everyone's doing it. They don't know? go on my face, but they, yes. I yeah. Exactly <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I that's said funny. it without saying it, but yeah, um, <laughs> that's awesome that you're doing that. And I think now would be a great time to plug your Instagram. We've been like, talking about it for a long time but i'm sure people are just <laughs> chomping like dude what's the handle like what's the handle where do i find <laughs> no. her you know oh that's so nice yeah um so on instagram i'm coach andy petty all together a -N -D -I -P -P -I. yes <laughs> coach andy petty yeah i love that and uh yeah and my dms are always open if anybody wants to chat or has any questions i um, I love to hear the kind of content people want to see, like you yeah. know, tips about early sobriety. Right now, I'm really focused on sleep. So we're talking a lot mm, about um, how to build better sleep habits because mm -hmm. that's so that's the one thing I think across the board I hear from people, especially in early sobriety, is like, I don't sleep anymore. You know, they're so used to using alcohol to go to sleep. So yeah. sleep is a big thing that we're talking about right oh, now. Oh, man, it's a huge one. I mean, working in uh, inpatient yeah. treatment. Dude, that it comes up all like we, we don't, we don't oh, do meds, right? So like, I yeah, mean, we yeah. do them for detox and stuff like that, but people aren't on sleep medications, yeah. you know, at Elevate. And so it, yeah. you know, it's a real thing. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it takes a while to get that brain chemistry back working. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, there's not, there's not a lot of solutions and the solutions are long-term. They're not short-term. And that's the last thing someone 14 days sober who hasn't slept in seven days wants to hear. But it's like, dude, you want to use drugs or you want to learn how to sleep eventually? I know. Which one? And that's the thing is like people honestly have just built bad sleeping habits. And yeah. so I've like I made like a free guide that's I think it's like 10 tips of just like ways you can optimize your sleep because some people awesome. just like 
are used to drinking and just passing out. Like that's not sleep. You know, right, what I mean? like, right. like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like Angie said, their body has to learn how to do that again, like has to learn how to produce melatonin and fall asleep and all of that. So yeah, just, just helpful things like that, that I know that I, you know, would have loved to have <laughs> along the way. And, yeah. yeah. So I, that's pretty much what I'm trying to do is like thinking back to where I was at that point and what are the things I wish I could have stumbled across or content mm-hmm. I could have seen that would have really would have helped me then. Hey, and that's why your content is helpful, right? Cause you're like, how could I provide value to somebody else? Yeah. You're not really yeah, trying to exactly. sell them anything except no. value. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, yeah. And people like that stuff. You don't want to see like these marketing funnels and all this other crap, but it's like, dude, he, let me give you something. Yes, like, this was exactly. helpful in my life. I want to give it to you. And people are like, oh man, thanks coach Andy. Yeah. Right? Well, like, people and I, love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And I actually, you know, even though I do one-to-one coaching, I rarely ever talk about it. Like, it's almost like I wait for, like, I am a big believer in like, wait for the invitation. And so like, yeah. I don't feel the need to like, plug oh i do one-on-one coaching and stuff because like i i'm almost like at capacity with my job my clients and my kids now so it's like i'm not really advertising that it's more like if someone really feels the calling of like i really want to work with you more closely they're already showing me that they would take initiative to be a good one-to-one client so yeah i just it's there's really not uh any kind of selling or anything like that i'm just like yeah i'm purely just there to like have fun and enjoy this community that i'm building and um share along the way Love it. Do you yeah. uh, still coach CrossFit? <laughs> I don't. Um, I, I, I quit coaching, let's see, a few months after my son was born because it was, I, I actually went right back to the gym when he was only like two weeks old and I was like wow. wearing him while I was like coaching Wow. and it got to be too much. Yeah. It just yeah. got to be too much. Um, and I just, uh, I've since moved from the gym I was coaching at. And so uh, I just do it like at home like i have a, a home gym in the basement so nice. i just kind of do my own thing yeah are you gonna do the open no i'm just i'm especially doing uh <laughs> 75 hard and stuff i'm just trying to stick to like my yep. routine and like yep. getting yep. walks in and everything like that i'm not yep. trying to i do have tend to have a problem of like trying to do too much at once mm-hmm. and so my lesson for 2022 is to like slow down and like be more intentional not take on too much and like be very practical about what i'm able to take on so yeah well and that's where the failures from 75 hard are it's like okay what did i let me analyze what was successful what wasn't and i will say because i also failed twice very deep into it um but this time around after completing it it's so easy like I'm, i'm like wow this isn't hard at all i can't even believe yeah. it but i've learned how to drink my water correctly get it done early get all the tasks done early and and the quality of life is like so much better it's way less stressful yeah i that's the water thing for me is like last night eight o'clock i'm like still drinking i'm like that's no i've got it and you're up all night peeing look <laughs> all night i've got to front load that water like yes. all morning that's what i've been doing this morning is like drinking as much water as i can so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I I'm like notorious. I always have to pee during the podcast. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> so by the time we're always done, I'm like, we're racing. I'll oh, run to the no. bathroom before I save the audio, and I'm like, oh, dude, gosh. you gotta save the audio first, then go pee. Like pee oh, your pants, man. but save the audio. Yeah, yeah. Priority. Nobody could tell, so it's fine. <laughs> People are like, why is this guy smiling? I'm like, I'm not, dude. I'm just antsy. I'm antsy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Andy, this has been so awesome. Like, I think we alluded to the conversation before it started that it was going to be awesome and that we achieved our goal. Yeah. 
I think if I was to look back at like just the themes that were touched on, even just briefly, there's just there's going to be a bunch of value in this conversation for, you know, anyone curious about sobriety, anyone that is sober. Um, and so, yeah, I just really appreciate you kind of sharing your story and talking to us about what you're passionate about. It's been uh, it's been one hell of a time. These are these are our favorite topics. I feel yeah. like we always say that at the end yeah, of a conversation. We're like, damn, yeah. We're always talking about our favorite things, but they're important things, you know, so. Like attracts like. Yes. Yeah. It just happens. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, I really, really, really appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to have me on this podcast. And I uh, just can't wait to follow you guys along and see what you guys do and yeah. just continue to support you guys however I can. Yeah, likewise. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I can't wait to come get your back in your comments, dude. I'm going to come into those comments. I'm going to start gonna putting people in their TikTok. places, dude. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah, to go yeah. find your TikTok and jump in there. So Yeah, there's some people you'll, yeah, you'll, you could respond to. You'll have fun with. <laughs> Maybe it'll go viral again because you just like, yeah, because we're fuse. just like going through and commenting to everyone. I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go Good do strategy. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Andy. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, just thank you. This has yeah. been great. Thank you so much, you guys. Have a great rest of your yeah. day. Thank you. We Thanks will. You too. Yeah. Bye. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free, confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.